Welcome back to Hitcher Show's High School Sports Weekly. We're now joined by Chris May, the Executive Director of the Indiana High School Basketball Hall of Fame. And first of all, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be back with you. It's been a little while. Been a while since I've been down here, but I always enjoy it. Uh, well, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became to be the Executive Director here? Uh, probably a lot of luck and a little bit of good timing is the short version of that. Um, I, uh, I was hired here in 2009. The previous executive director, Roger Dickinson, was retired. Um, I had been involved in broadcast, uh, mostly radio, a little bit of TV here and there, and some internet uh, work. And uh, I'd always just been a big basketball fan. I tell people all the time I came into this job with zero museum experience, uh, but a lot of basketball knowledge. Um, and uh, so things worked out uh, that they brought me on board in 2009. Here we are eight and a half years later. I'm still learning the museum side of things, but uh, love the basketball side of it for sure. This is an amazing facility. I am always amazed when I come down here about how much stuff is packed in here. Um, why don't you give us maybe give us a quick tour? Well, I mean, as far as uh, information, memorabilia, artifacts, et cetera, I mean, it, it, we have, it's a countless uh, collection. I, I can't even tell you uh, how much we have. But for folks who haven't visited our museum, we're here in Newcastle. Um, you know, we're not too far of a drive uh, from your neck of the woods. We're just about uh, 40 minutes from the east side of Indianapolis, and we're very close to I-70. Uh, this building opened in June of 1990. It is uh, currently at 14,000 square feet, including exhibit space and some of our office and storage space. Uh, so if you visit the facility, uh, you'll start in the Danielson Theater, where we have a film that debuted about a year ago. It's called Only in Indiana, and that film includes Oscar Robertson, Damon Bailey, uh, George McGinnis, Bobby Plump, Steve Alford. Uh, I'm going to start leaving people out, uh, and, and including female uh, females by the like of, of Judy Warren, Stephanie uh, White, Katie Douglas. Indiana's greatest living basketball players telling their basketball stories, playing as a kid, playing in high school, winning state championships, what that all meant. And so that's meant to be the appetizer for a self-guided tour here, where you're going to find uh, information, photos, and artifacts from every state championship team from 1911 through 2017. Uh, You're, of course, as a Hall of Fame, going to find our enshrinement gallery, where we have all of the legends of Indiana high school basketball players, coaches, administrators, others uh, are honored and recognized as inductees, and so much more. The trophies, the basketballs, the jerseys, the warm-ups, the programs, the photos, the newspaper clippings, it goes on and on and on that help tell the story uh, to to people who aren't from Indiana, why we're crazy about basketball here, and the people who are from Indiana uh, helping rekindle some of those memories of special sectional championships or a certain player or back when my school had a school before we consolidated and all those types of things that we get into being uniquely Hoosier. One of my favorite areas here in the uh, museum is the library. And this is just um, we're we're sitting in the library right now as as we do this, and this is simply amazing. You have a lot of material crammed in a very small space. We're about to outgrow the library space, quite frankly. Um, in fact, you've delivered twelve books today that I don't know what shelf they're <laughs> going to go on or what drawer they're going to fit in. Uh, we've got to create space. Um, it is a unique space. The John Jordan Library. He was a local historian of Newcastle and Henry County basketball. Um, so we've got. Uh, more information than the brain could almost 
uh, handle. Um, and, and in this room, as we look around the walls, we've got information pertaining to all of the previous state championship teams and those state tournament runs, newspaper clippings, statistics, rosters, photos, etc. We also have an extensive collection of the history of the Indiana and Kentucky All-Star Series back from uh, its birth back in 1939 to the 2017 version played just a couple of months ago. We have an extensive history of our Hall of Fame Classic Tournament, all the previous winners and the statistics and information. We have a collection of books of, of we'd like to thank almost all of the books that have been written about Indiana high school basketball or people from Indiana. Uh, we, of course, have files in all of our inductees. We maintain files as best we can for every high school that's existed, which is impossible, but we try. <laughs> And we have all the former uh, the, the Hoosier Basketball Magazine issues, the old Orange and White Schedule books. We've got a collection of those. Every issue of our Hall of Fame history magazine that we publish and on and on and on. Um, it's an amazing compendium of information here. If only it was easy to sort through and find that needle in the haystack sometimes. <laughs> that, that sometimes is a problem. But it is also a special part of the museum and uh, is open to visitors and especially researchers of a particular topic. Uh, we try to help them through the library. And I have seen a lot of uh, articles over the years that uh, they have basically either used the library or used your knowledge to uh, put their, kind of put their articles together. Yes, yeah, so we get um, – the Internet's changed things a little bit, I suppose, and you're a researcher. You could tell this better than most, but we still have quite a few authors – uh, for instance, we have someone that's in, in the middle of writing a book right now about basketball in its earliest years in Indiana. And they can find you know, uh, newspaper clippings and accounts online, but there's still a lot of information they're looking for. And, and this is a one-stop shop in many ways for them to come here and find some of these magazines or books or files about specific people that we maintain here. And so uh, research is a big part of that. And also – uh, for folks who do not visit, you know, we're, we're more of an electronic society these days. So we get a lot more email questions about, hey, would you look this up for me rather than I, I'm not going to drive down there to, to come find it myself. So we get a lot of, you know, newspaper reporters or other researchers, hey, I'm writing about so-and-so. Can you verify this fact? Can you help me find information? And this is the, the basis of where we find that information. And it's amazing how that uh, – uh I, I read a lot of newspapers, obviously doing what doing what I do, and and uh, uh, it, it's amazing how people take certain fact. It's like anything else; they took, take certain facts for granted. Yeah. And I've found over the years that uh, one year some, one newspaper guy will write, and he scored the most points ever, the most points in the game. And two years later, it's somebody else that you know he's you know, it's the same kind of thing. So uh, basically, the only way to do it is get down and, and dig and, and find it. You just can't take people's words for it. You know that better than most, um, and sometimes that it makes for uh, interesting situations, uncomfortable situations. But yeah, the bottom line is it's uh, we try to do our best to verify facts, not myths and rumors that have been passed down. Oh, this guy wrote it in 1955; it must still be true. Well, there's there's obviously more to it than that to verify those types of things. So, um, you know, we are short staffed, so it's not like we're a professional library with a full team of researchers dedicated full time just to answering questions, but. Uh, we try to do the best we can to support those uh, endeavors to uh, fact-find and uh, and find information. Over the years, uh, you've been fortunate, and the Hall of Fame's been fortunate. They've had some great uh, people working in the office, and, and I know they help a lot with the uh, – I, I get the the Indiana High School Basketball History Magazine, and, and uh, you know, that, to me, that's one of the greatest publications out there. But uh, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, some of your staff? I know you have a big volunteer staff here, too. 
Yeah, that's a big part of what makes this thing work is uh, we have uh, at present time about 60 to 65 volunteers, and that was a big part of Newcastle. Uh, getting this facility in the in the late 1980s and opening in 1990, uh, it, it's a basketball hotbed, a community that's always had good success and a good fan following. So we've got folks who help us uh, at the front door, taking admissions and starting the the uh, tour experience. Some of them are tour guides for groups that come in, school kids and basketball teams and retirement homes, etc. Uh, then we have other volunteers who help us in archiving and cataloging and the library here and some other aspects like that. And also with our special events throughout the year, we have our fundraisers, the, the Hall of Fame Classic Basketball Tournament in December, our golf outings in the summertime, our induction receptions that are here in the spring. Um, so we're very fortunate in that regard with the volunteer staff. Um, we also have three of us full-time, uh, myself included. Uh, we also have Julie Lacey as our operations manager, and so she is kind of a graphic design uh, background and marketing background, so she's taken over the magazine. I work with her on some of the content, and then she puts that together and makes that look presentable. Uh, and that's a really special piece for us, uh, Labor of Love, that magazine that comes out quarterly to our members and, and to their subscribers with a lot of historical information. Also, uh, we have Kayla Kessler on our staff, and she is our uh, volunteers and events coordinator. So she works with those volunteers. She helps us get ready for those fundraising events and, and gets everybody in place. Uh, but it takes a, a it takes a village, is the cliche. Um, beyond the volunteers, beyond paid staff, which we have another uh, five part timers. Um, you know, we've got a board of directors that's spread out all over the state, and they're active in helping promote the museum, promote the organization, create awareness of what we've got going on, and they're also helping us in not only fundraising but artifact collection and donations and, uh, again, just general awareness of the organization and what's going on. Talk to us a little bit about the uh, Hall of Fame Classic. I know for me one of the big attractions is where it is played, the venue where it is played, probably one of the greatest venues, uh, at least high school-wise, probably one of the greatest venues in the country. And uh, I remember I come down uh, uh, 1967, I think, was the first year, and I thought, man, this place is huge. But uh, have been back since then, and and, uh, the Hall of Fame Classic, like you said, is one of your main uh, uh, fundraising events, but you really get some great teams in here for that. Yeah, so this year is actually the 41st year for the boys' tournament. So it started in 1977, and um, so kind of a 40-year anniversary celebration on the boys' side, and and the numbers are pretty staggering. Um, You know, I, I was just working on this. We just this week had the coaches in that will bring their teams here in, in two months, and we went over all the logistics. And for a couple of them, they had not set foot in the field house. Wow. And so when we take them over there, again, these are people in Indiana high school basketball that still haven't been here. And there's still that oh wow effect uh, that that absolutely happened here yesterday. In fact, when we took a coach in here and said we're going to play in here, this is amazing. Uh, so the, the venue is certainly special, but in the history of the tournament, um, we have 24 Mr. Basketball winners that have played in this thing. We have uh, 15 or 16 of them have been drafted in the NBA. Uh, on the women's side, we've had the last nine Miss Basketballs consecutively have all played in this tournament, and uh, I think it's uh, 16 or 17 Miss Basketballs overall that have played in this thing. And so, yeah, we're looking for outstanding teams with outstanding players led by outstanding coaches. And then uh, we want the crowds to follow because when you've got a gym that will seat eight or 9,000 people at capacity, even if you draw 4,000, it looks kind of crummy, quite frankly. So we need some atmosphere, and, and you, you want players and teams that fans are going to come see. And so this year our girls line up on December 29th. We've got Martinsville. Kayana Trailer is a Miss Basketball candidate. She's going to go to Purdue and star of Mar- Martinsville's team. They play Carmel. 
who's really deep and have a handful of Division I players. Uh, and then East Chicago Central and Zionsville are our other two girls' teams. And then on the boys' side this year, Oak Hill will play Newcastle, so the Trojans are hosting and in it this year. And then also uh, Floyd Central and Bloomington South is the other matchup there. So each with their unique stars and coaches and, and success. And uh, we're looking forward to that December 29th and 30th and, and hope for a full crowd. So we encourage your listeners to come down and join us, make a weekend of it a Friday, Saturday this year for the tournament. We have talked many times on our show about coming down as, as if you're a basketball fan. This is one of the places you have to see. And, you know, if you're hitting a Pacers game on the weekend, what would be better than come down Newcastle first and go through the museum and then head toward Indianapolis? And like you said, you're probably, what, 50, 60 minutes away from downtown Indy? Yeah, we can get to downtown from our parking lot in probably 50 to 55 minutes, depending on traffic. Uh, we're 35 minutes to the post road on the east side of Indianapolis. So, you know, we're not necessarily as far out as people perceive it to be. Uh, but also I would mention if people are considering making a trip down here, we're just 15 minutes from the Hoosier Gym in Knightstown. And so for folks who haven't been there or here, uh, we really work well to promote each other's destinations. And, and people who come to our place are going to be interested in that gym and where the movie Hoosiers was filmed. And people who go to their gym are going to be interested in what we have to show off here. And like I said, it's 15 minutes away. It's the next exit over west on the interstate. And and they're open all the time. It's free. You know, you just walk in and, and see it all and maybe get to shoot a hoop if they don't have an event going on. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see where Gene Hackman said welcome to Indiana basketball and stormed onto the floor, you can reenact that exact scene. You can go in the locker room down there, which looks just like it did in the movie. Um, so it makes for a nice trip uh, for a basketball fan for sure. You're open uh, pretty much all year round. I think you're closed maybe at Christmas and New Year's, a few holidays. Yeah, we're closed on major holidays, which coming up will be uh, Thanksgiving Christmas Day, uh, New Year's Day. Uh, actually, last year we did start uh, through the winter months. We are closed on Sundays in December, January, and February. Uh, but but for the other nine months of the year, we're open seven days a week. And even through December, January, February, that's going to be six days a week, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturdays. And then the, the months that we are open on Sundays, it's 1 to 5 p.m. in the afternoons. But, yeah, we're, we're here uh, most, most all the time. And uh, if you call ahead and would like a guided tour or, or want to bring a group down, if you, you call, call ahead, you make uh, special accommodations for those people. Correct. Yeah, we have uh, for groups uh, larger than 20 people, we have special admission rates and also can set up uh, tour guides in advance which really enhances the process. Like I said, um, school groups, uh, you know, fourth grade Indiana history is, is pretty popular that the schools want to bring their students out here uh, for basketball teams. It's a nice team building and, and motivational type of trip, whether that's an elementary age team to college teams and every age in between. Uh, and then also, you know, retirement homes are looking for activities to get out and about and load up the van and, and make a trip. Uh, and, and there's a lot of history here and a lot of memories that those types of folks will remember and, and uh, story tell of. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're open to all those sorts of things and uh, quite affordable, quite frankly. Our, if you walk in off the street, it's $5 for adults and $3 for children. And like I say, if you bring groups, we'll, we'll even discount that further. So uh, an enjoyable time at, we think, a pretty affordable cost. You know, we always tell people when we're doing bowl games, it's probably the uh, uh, most cost-effective. I mean, you can go see a bowl game for five or six bucks, and, you know, the, uh, the sodas and popcorn all, aren't all that expensive. And, and, and I think that's kind of the same thing that you guys follow. Yeah, that's really the, the the way that we arrived at our price point, which predates me. But uh, if you're going to pay five bucks 
for, at most places these days to go to a high school game. We, you know, other museums charge quite a bit more mm-hmm. uh, depending on their museum experiences, but we want our admission to be the same as if you were going to go to a ball game on a Friday or Saturday night. So that's why that's that $5 adults that we don't think is going to break the bank and uh, provide you with, you know, we, we have people. If you are really interested in this and or have lived the history of Indiana high school basketball, you can easily spend three or four hours in here looking at all the artifacts and the exhibits and looking at all the inductees and coming into the library and you can easily absorb almost a full day if you're really immersed in it. One more thing, your gift shop uh, to me is always great because you have a lot of uh, uh, Indiana high school basketball authors out there and, and uh, a lot of uh, memorabilia here from the from the uh, Hall of Fame itself. Absolutely, yeah. People want to take a souvenir home, and, and uh, whether it's a, a, an avid reader and a historian who wants to pick up some books, you know, even in the digital age, we still sell a book with a hard binding uh, on it uh, that, that people want to hold in their hands. And, and there's a good variety, and there's still new ones coming out on a pretty regular basis. So, yeah, the latest books, um, obviously, uh, we've got some posters and some uh, we've got DVDs as well, so other items like that. And then we have an apparel line through Adidas of uh, you know, T-shirts and polo shirts and hats and all that sort of gear that people want to say, I've been to the Hall of Fame or I'm a part of the Hall of Fame and want to be proud to show that off as well. So that's obviously a part of the experience for sure. Well, Chris, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and uh, uh, really really do love this place. I, I don't get down here as nearly as often as I'd like to, but uh, it's it's one of my favorite places to go. Well, we appreciate you coming down here and seeing it, and we encourage all your listeners to come this way. You know, the weather is turning. Basketball season is upon us. And uh, what better time of the year to to get fired up and excited for basketball season than to come down here and spend a few hours in Newcastle. We, We encourage everybody to come do that. Thanks for your visit. That's Chris May, the executive director of the Indiana High School Basketball Hall of Fame. And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Hitcher Show's High School Sports Weekly. And, Rex, i got to tell you, I had a, a, a fun day. My wife was about ready to drive off and leave me. but uh, <laughs> That's uh, every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did have a fun time down there. And, boy, I, I'll tell you, if you if you can make it down there at all, even if you're not all that much interested in basketball, it's still a great place to go. Uh, they've got one where you can you, you can take the last second shot, and they, they run it down 3-2-1. And, and uh, you can compare yourself in size to – I think Eric Montrose and some of those seven footers, <laughs> and you can test your jumping ability against uh, against some of the great jumpers, and they they just have all kinds of stuff down there. And while you're down there, you could go on over to the Hoosier Gym there in Knightstown, the old Knightstown Gym, which is where they film Hoosiers at. Um, so there's a lot of stuff down there to do. Newcastle's a, a great town, uh, and of course it sits right next door to uh, the Chrysler Fieldhouse, the uh, gym there at. Uh, Newcastle, the largest, I believe, the largest high school gym in the in the nation, uh, and and uh, if school's out, chances are you can get in there and go. But they they do have the Boys and Girls Hall of Fame Classic over the uh, Christmas break, and you can certainly see it there. We have we have broadcast from there before, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so it's it's just a you know it's one of those great places. Uh, and if you got some kids, it's a family fa- friendly place. And wrestling fans will remember the year that there was a big snowstorm, big blizzard, and they canceled the state wrestling meet. Well, the girls' basketball state championships is a week after state wrestling, so they moved the state wrestling tournament to the Grassford Fieldhouse and had it at Newcastle. And it was unseasonably warm that day in February, and we walked in T-shirts, short sleeves to the gym, and it was like 100 degrees in there, and people were like passing out. It was just way hotter than they expected to be in there. Well, 
for our From the Archive segment tonight, I can tell you uh, that gym was built in 1957. I think it was completed maybe in 1959. But uh, something happened. It actually happened to the Decatur gym, the original gym there on the uh, Lincoln Building. The, they got the rafters up and they collapsed. And the same thing happened here. And I, I think there was a fellow that lived here in town that was working there that he actually lost his leg uh, <laughs> in, during the Decatur uh, building. But uh, the uh, rafters there at the uh, Newcastle gym actually collapsed and it put him behind. I think it was supposed to maybe open in 58 and it didn't open until 59 on, on account of that because it took so much more time to get. Of course, they were steel, uh, steel beams, steel rafters and that kind of thing. It took a little bit, get, bit of time. And the ones that they re- were able to reuse, of course, all had to be reinspected and things by engineers to make sure that they would hold the and carry for the those load. those fans that have never been to that gym, when you walk up, it you walk up and it's like a little low level building. You think, well, where's the big gym at? And you walk in and it's a big yeah, cement it bowl. Drops it's down. it's dug down like thirty rows or yeah. something, but it's it's massive. But when you drive up to it from the street, you just you just can't see it. Yeah, you can't you can't see you can't tell how big it is. But uh, just going in there. Um, I, I first was in that gym in, in uh, uh, the regionals in 1967. Uh, of course, I was just three years old. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and, we, and uh, the coaches took the uh, Eaton varsity and reserve teams down there to watch the uh, regionals there. So we were there all day. And, uh, but when I walked in there, I thought, man, this is the biggest place in the world. I think second to, in Indiana to that is the Connorsville gym is built the same yeah. way. Um, as as ref- is the uh, Huntington Burg, but now it's uh, Huntingburg, but now it's the uh, uh, Southridge yeah. gym built the same way. Yeah, they did it for years. I refereed a wrestling tournament at Connorsville, and it's it's built exactly the same. It's just on a smaller scale. It's not it doesn't hold quite as many people, but it's the same thing. You walk in ground level, and it's dug into the big yeah. hole. I wrestled in that Connorsville tourney in 1969, so it's been going on quite a while. So, anyway, that's from the archives because I'm old and can tell <laughs> stories like that. And, uh, Rex, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and uh, you can go over the preview, which is basically all girls basketball right now. <laughs> you can go over the preview for the next week right after this. Welcome back to Hitzer Sports High School Sports Weekly. This week coming up, uh, girls basketball is looks like what we have mostly up. I'm going to run these as groups for the week for each team since they're on the same sheet. So the Adam Central Flying Lady Jets on November 2nd will be playing at Hamilton. And on November 4th, they'll be playing Manchester at home. Belmont uh, Squalls will be playing on November 4th. Uh, that's this Saturday at Garrett. High, um, Garrett will be at Belmont. On November 7th, they will travel to Fort Wayne Concordia, who Bob read earlier was ranked third in Class 3A. The Bluffton Lady Tigers on the 4th will be at Winchester, and then on November 10th, they'll be at Blackford. Norwell will be playing on the 7th at Fort Wayne Wayne, and then on the 10th, they'll be playing at South Adams. South Adams will be playing at Norwell on the 10th, and Southern Wells Lady Raiders will be playing November 2nd at Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. And on the 4th, they'll be at Union City. And on November 7th, they'll be at Liberty Christian. And you know, Rex, it ought to be a great uh, girls' basketball season. We've got two girls, one a junior right now, that should surpass 1,000 points in their career. Uh, Grace Hunter sitting at about 739 or 740 along in there. And Lexi Delling- uh, Dillinger from uh, South Adams sh- should reach <coughs> it as a senior. Um, 
And as you look down, Norwell ought to be pretty tough. South Adams ought to be pretty tough. Uh, Bluffton ought to be better than they were last year. South uh, Southern Wells is kind of an unknown quality. They've got a, a quality. They've got a, a new coach. Uh, Belmont should be very, very good, as yeah. they've got just about everybody back. I, I they they lost uh, Ryan Velez uh, Velez from last year, but uh, everybody else is back. And and uh, he says he also has coming in. Uh, as does South Adams, a very talented group of freshmen that's going to compose. They 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 haven't had a freshman team for several years, but they they the the B team is basically going to be made up of freshmen. Well, the problem is, Bob, if you have a freshman team, they have nobody to play. Yeah, because they're just yeah, so few else. schools have any yeah. teams. Those yeah. those girls just don't get any games. But I did see in the preseason article in the Journal Gazette that uh, Grace Hunter last year averaged like seventeen point eight points mm-hmm. per game. So you know, in a she had a couple of games season. in the thirties yeah. too. So. You know, I, I sit there and I announced those girls play for well, about 10 years now, and there was seasons where I not, never saw them win a game, I mean, at home. Four years ago. Yeah. And they they won uh, four the year after that, then seven. Then last year I think they won 18. They won 18 and five or something. So uh, good, great things are, are expected of them and South Adams uh, and Norwell. Uh, Coach Heim did tell me that he, he expects Huntington North to be one of the tougher teams. And Norwell and Huntington North are going to play at the Hoosier Gym in Knightstown. You can only cram about 630 people in that place, so it ought to be packed that night. And, uh, you know, Norwell, I think, now has won either eight or nine sectionals in a row uh, for Coach Eric Thornton. Uh, they they have an excellent team. It's it's one of those things where they don't rebuild, they reload. Uh, and so, they you know, they'll be in that mix. DeKalb will be in that mix. Uh, East Noble will be in that mix. Probably the only team in the Northeast Eight that won't be in that mix will be New Haven. So, Bob, uh, where do you and your microphone start out the season at this year? We always start out uh, Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, usually it's a Belmont game, and I don't know who they play. I haven't looked that far ahead yet, but uh, that's when we that's when we usually start, and then we pick up the games between the uh, uh, girls uh, in in the county. We'll have Belmont and South Adams, and here we go. Here's our schedule. November 22nd, Belmont at Southern Wells. So that's where we'll start. Belmont drop point a few years back. And then we'll be back on the air the 25th. We'll have Norwell at AC. And uh, just right on down the line, we have it uh, looks like uh, 2, 4, 6, 8. Uh, uh, right now, about 24 games scheduled. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what we're doing with uh, Wells County yet. So there might be a few more games there. Then we do pick up a couple of tourneys. we got the Belmont boys in the Huntington tourney. And uh, we have, of course, have the ACAC tourney. Well, first official practice for wrestling uh, was earlier this week, like Monday, I think. So my first wrestling match on the radio is usually the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, so right about that same time. So, And we, I think we have 13 events scheduled for this year. So, What is your prognostication on uh, wrestling? And um, you do Tuesday, you'll have Columbia City at Belmont yeah. on uh, no- November 21st. Uh, Belmont graduated some studs, but like every year they've, they reload. Um, Adam Central has some quality kids back. They had a couple of place winners, state place winners last year. South Adams is uh, loading up. They're trying to rebuild their squad as well. So uh, the three county schools should do well again. Uh, they're very young. Um, there's a couple of young, real quality kids coming up on all those programs that are going to really make an interesting season. But uh, we'll be there for all of it. So. And one of the meets you got to be looking forward to is uh, right before Christmas, you've got the uh, – 
the team state meet at uh, Fort Wayne. That's put on by the uh, co- wrestling coaches. Coach Association, and, and each year that has gotten better and better. Uh, the venue is the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum is one of the best venues in the area to cover anything. We've been there for the semi-state wrestling tournament uh, that they have in the arena where the hockey arena is at, and that's a fantastic place to have four mats on the floor. But the um, event that they have for the team state, they put over in the exhibition hall, and uh, they had 16 mats on the floor last year, and it's just incredible to watch. And it's a well-run tournament. First couple of years, they had it at Ball State, and they were just trying to figure out how to do it, and they moved it to the Coliseum, and it, it has become uh, quite the event, and it's it's really interesting to go and take in. And then we're also going to do the uh, Northeast State Tournament. That'll be at East Noble on uh, January 20th. And then, of course, Rex, once the uh, sectionals and regionals get started, uh, you're a pretty busy guy on weekends after that. Yep, every weekend for about uh, probably eight weeks in a row, I think, we're, we're booked. And... Uh, most of these are Belmont. You do have a couple of, of course, the, the big match in the county is always Belmont and AC, and that will take place uh, early in the season, Thursday, mm-hmm. November 30th. And then we also, uh, for years in the past, have carried, covered the Adams Central-South Adams match. Is it on there? Um, I'm looking I down I think we dropped here. it last year. I don't see it, yeah. but uh, yeah. always hope there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we already did a whistle stop from the archive, so... How about a uh, point after, First Bank of Burn point after? Uh, Rex, do you think uh, over, over the past, say, past 10 years, you've been watching wrestling for a long time, less interest or more interest? Uh, it's, it's one of those things that kind of comes and goes. I think the interest in wrestling has um, built over the past few years. I know that the state tournament uh, has been – more well attended than it has in past years. I think last year they may have set some records. Uh, there's been some phenomenal Indiana high school wrestlers come out. Uh, right now, the number one recruited wrestler in the nation is coming out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, Mason Paris, who's a two-time state champion at 220, and this year I think he's going to go to uh, heavyweight, but uh, he was a flow wrestling national champion. Uh, he defeated the number one ranked wrestler in the state and pinned him and. uh he has been sought after all summer long. They've been following around. He, I think he went to 13 Division One schools looking at wrestling, and he's a phenomenal football player as well. And the big question was, is he going to wrestle or going to play football? Well, he made the decision he's going to play. He's going to wrestle at Michigan, University of Michigan. And uh, the uh, the Blue fans are really happy about that because he's he's quite a phenomenal athlete. He got beat by one point in overtime as a freshman in the quarterfinals and placed third and has been – state champion the last two years in a row so he's lost one match in the last three years so he's he's a phenomenal athlete and just really fun to watch you know i remember the story about dan gable uh several years ago he was undefeated and won everything and i don't remember the guy's name but some guy actually, larry owens larry owens yeah i don't uh, remember but it's larry owens <laughs> uh people would would uh gain weight or drop weight so they wouldn't have to wrestle yeah. him and uh, Owens actually, I think he didn't he put on some weight to meet that weight class. Yeah, I think um, Gable beat him the year before in the finals, and Owens went back after him. And at that time, Gable had got to the point where he felt that uh, he was, you know, undefeatable, and uh, he just had a bad day. And Larry Owens caught him off guard and beat him. That's his only loss he had in, in uh, NCAA. And that was College. a pretty. There was a pretty tragic story. I believe it was uh, Gable's sister. He found somebody had murdered her or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, so that. I mean, the Dan the Dan Gable score story is just incredible. I mean, he just uh, there's a thirty for thirty on ESPN that I watched one time that was just really interesting. And after he lost the match, he he went into this such deep depression that he started drinking and had some problems. And uh, his mother got in a car and drove about three hours over to. University of Iowa, where he was at, and walked in the dorm and just slapped him upside the head and said, hey, you need to snap out of it. And he kind of came to and then became one of the greatest Olympic wrestlers that the United States has ever had and coached forever. And he's just, he's an icon in wrestling. So Sometimes we all need that slap Sometimes in the face. Sometimes slapped <laughs> upside the head and we woke up. But uh, Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and take a look at the Adams Central Southwood football game right after this. Welcome back to Hitcher Stoves High School Sports Weekly. Before we get to the football game, Rex, you were mentioning some other great high school, <coughs> Indiana high school wrestlers that are going on to great things. Yeah, some a four-time state champion, Chad Red, uh, went on last year, wrestled at Nebraska. Uh, Stefan Misik from uh, Hanover Central, or uh, I think it was Lawrence, one of the region schools up there. Um, he was wrestling for University of Michigan, did quite well. I think he's All-American. Drew Hughes from... Lowell High School was wrestling at Michigan State, um, made some big, a lot of noise. I mean, a lot of those guys are wrestling Big Ten. It's nice if you have Big Ten Network, you can turn on and watch them wrestle. So you see some of these local guys wrestle. But uh, Braden Lee from Brownsburg High School, I think he was a Flow National Champion as well, and he's very highly recruited. And he and uh, Mason Paris, as I mentioned before, went around in this big tour, looking at all the different uh, recruiting tours. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see – Indiana high school wrestlers being some of the highest ranked uh, prospects coming out of high school for these Big Ten schools. And, you know, the Big Ten's been a powerhouse for years. And uh, for a kid, to, a local kid to wrestle in the Big Ten is it's phenomenal because the Big Ten uh, conference is like one of the best in the nation between Iowa State, uh, Michigan, um, the Iowa, Iowa State. Just phenomenal wrestling there. Okay. And uh, we need to move on now to uh, football. We've got Pacers basketball waiting in the wings. So, Rex, uh, Southwood, Adam Central. Adam Central running game, Southwood running and passing. And uh, the Adam Central secondary going to be tested again this week. You know, Bob, we've, we've watched Adam Central play a lot this season. Uh, they have a fantastic one-two combination between Schultz the Bruiser and Macklin the Slasher. And then you got Jaden uh, Hammond, who's just – fast straight up and down runners and they also um have baits that can pass the ball very well and they don't like to pass the ball a lot but they can pass the ball when they have to and uh, they've surprised a few people but uh i think they're going to come out and surprise southwood um southwood uh, defeated east side last week who defeated am central early in the season but you know second week of the season 10 weeks ago uh, just it's like a whole different season yeah you can't compare the teams yeah. You know, and Southwood obviously has improved over the year. Um, the game will be played at Adams Central, and I think that gives uh, the the Jets quite an advantage. And, Rex, it wasn't all that many years ago that we sat there and watched uh, Southwood try to kick a late field goal, and uh, basically it bounced off the crossbar and bounced back onto the field. And, uh, you know, we, we talked with Coach Minnick after that, and he says, you know, we won that game by this much, and he's holding his fingers about a quarter to a half inch apart. And he said that was the difference in this ball game. But you know what? I think one thing that might make a difference this week, and she certainly made a difference last week, was was Bailey Springer, the the place kicker, 
she kicked about a what was it a thirty yard field goal yep. or so, uh, and and that actually was the winning margin in that ball game. You know, we've talked to Coach Michael Mosier before, and he said there's times when he, they get down close to the goal line, and he's thinking plays, thinking plays, and he said you have to stop and think. We can always kick a field goal, and in past years, I mean, he had Skylar Douglas that was a very good kicker for him last year, but in past years, that wasn't even an option. He didn't even think about it. But I mean, if you're inside the you know, inside of 20 and you've been not getting anything on the ground and you're afraid that you're going to turn the ball over down there, you know, take an easy three. And uh, she's proven to be, you know, pretty dead on uh, inside uh, extra points. She's her high, her percentage is very high and, you know, inside 20 to 30 yards. I mean, she's been very accurate. And, you know, uh, two more things for Adam Central. I don't think uh, get enough credit because these guys have really grown up this year. They, Adam Central, the last couple of years, had had a, a huge offensive and defensive line. This year, they're they're much smaller, but uh, those guys have demonstrated the past several wall games that they can get the job done. You know, last week they had a lot of pressure on Richards, the quarterback from Cherbusco, but the week before, um, they had 10 sacks. So that's that's really kind of enough said, the, the yeah. job that the offensive and, and defensive lines are doing. And, of course, the other thing is their, is their secondary. And I think they've been uh, much aligned, but they, they held their own against the, the uh, pretty good quarterback from Cherubusco. And uh, I, I think maybe they're a little bit underappreciated. Yeah, we're looking forward to a real good game, Bob. And I, I think uh, Adam Central is going to be right there at the end, and uh, I th- think they're going to pull out a victory, so. Yeah, I I would look toward uh, a, a jet win in that uh, bowl game and sectional champions. And, and I'm also hoping because that gets you and I one more week to work. There you go, there there you go, right there. But uh, then you get then you're getting uh, football into basketball season. <laughs> yeah. But we've done that before, so no, it wouldn't break my heart <clears throat> no. a bit. And uh, you know, all the jet fans are going to go wild about that. So it'll be wild and crazy down there Friday night, I'm sure. And and uh, the weather's supposed to be fairly decent, mm-hmm. as opposed to what it was last week. Yeah, it's been rainy and drizzly most this week, and I think it's supposed to clear up a little bit for this weekend. Yeah, it's supposed to warm up a little bit too. So, but uh, we're at Adam Central, and they always find a seat for us inside, which yep. I appreciate because uh, we didn't know where we we're going to be last week. Yeah. We we almost ended up outside, but. Uh, they found a building for us down at the one end of the field. and uh, we, we were on the goal line. <laughs> yeah, we, we were on the goal line, so we were about as far down the field as you could get. But uh, it worked out pretty well. And, you know, we, we thanked the uh, Cherubusco AD, Mr. Moe, for finding oh. us a place to sit. Yeah, his name was Mr. Saul? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. One Moe. Moe's at, at Central Noble. Okay, wrong yeah. school. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Saul. So we'll go with that. But, uh, anyway, he did. he was very gracious and found us a place to sit. And actually, we had the entire building to ourselves. And we had a heater, too. And there was a bathroom right outside the door, which was fortunate for some of us older guys. So, anyway, well, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I'd like to thank Chris May for providing us with a really nice interview. And and uh, Steve here for putting up with us for another week. You, you bought his efforts with a water, so. Yeah, yeah. He's a cheap date, I'll tell you. <laughs> With that, we'll get out of here. We'll be back on the air Friday night at the Adams Central Southwood football game. So until then, drive safely, stay warm.